0: Good morning, welcome to Lay Point Church, and uh, we are so glad that you are able to watch us here uh, uh, via Facebook Live or YouTube Live, and um, of course, we're not meeting today here on this Sunday due to um, our staff um, the past week uh, being exposed to one of our staff members who tested positive, and uh, we're just trying to take it day by day. Um, now, personally, I feel good. I, I have no symptoms at the moment. I'm praying that that's going to happen, um, to stay that way. And, um, and here's our next step going forward, in case you're wondering. Um, you know, this week, uh, we're going to all get tested. You know, our staff, we're going to get tested, make sure we're all clear. Um, we um, we want to be wise and, um, in that approach. And then, um, and based on how things turn out this week, uh, we'll plan to meet next Sunday, but if we feel like we need to give another week, we'll make that call as we go along. So just uh, pray for wisdom, pray for guidance, pray for health, um, pray that we make the right decisions here. Um, you know, the church, we're meant to gather. We are meant, we are made to gather as a body of Christ. And so, um, you know, so we hate that we're missing today, but we want to be wise, but this is not long term. Uh, we, we plan to, um, for sure, in the next couple of weeks, be back in the building, which will be available online, and, um, and keep moving forward uh, through this season uh, that, that we're in. And so, um, let, let, let me open up in prayer, and um, pray for you, pray for our church, pray for our staff, uh, pray for those that you know, um, that are uh, tested positive. Um, we have a family in our church right now who has someone in the hospital in a very critical, critical condition, and I want to be, be praying for the Cola family um, and be praying for them as well. So let's pray, and then we're just going to jump into our next message in our current message series. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today uh, you know, for your loving kindness for your compassion. We know that you're in control. We know that you're in charge. So we come to you today, you know, to to seek your face, to seek your healing hand in our lives. And so, God, we pray for a hedge of protection over all of us. And for those who have been exposed to a virus, God, I pray that we would, um, that we would be, uh, okay, and that we will be fine, and um, God, I pray that you help us each step of the way. Help us to make the decision that we need to make as a church body, and uh, as we move forward. God, I pray for those that have, each and every one of us that knows someone um, that has the virus currently right now. I'm thinking of the Giancola family, Taylor, Dad. God, I just pray for him. We are praying for him as we lift him up as he's in the hospital in critical condition. And we'll pray for your healing in his life. And so, God, we ask you to help us today. Help all of us. As we preach the message today, I pray that we will open our hearts as we be challenged, as we're challenged to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in week number two of our message series called Talking Point, the perfect blend of religion and politics. And if you missed last week, what we're really trying to do is just talk into the times of our culture today as we talk about religion and politics. I was reminded this past week by my friend uh, Scott, I call him 2.0, and uh, if you know Scott, in, in case you don't know Scott, Scott loves Charlie Brown, he loves Snoopy. And, um, and one of his favorite uh, Snoopy specials is The Great Pumpkin. Maybe by chance you've watched that as a family this past week, The Great Pumpkin. And there's a little scene in there where Linus um, is trying to make, a, uh, trying to wrap his head about the current issues of, the, of, of his friends and relationships, and, and he figured out, that there are three things that is very tough to talk about um, in relationship. And those three things are, number one, religion, number two, politics, and number three, the great pumpkin. And so today, we're not gonna talk about the great pumpkin, but we're gonna talk about religion and politics in this series, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. And uh, we're trying to find a perfect blend how our faith intersects with politics in the culture of this world. And as you know, this Tuesday is a very big day for our country. the very big day for the direction of our nation. And we either elect a new president or elect the, the current president that we have now. And so this is a big day. And then last week, we talked about, as followers of Christ, as Jesus followers, that this world that we're living in, it's not our home. That we're just pilgrims traveling traveling through uh, this foreign land in in, a, in light of eternity, and so we are uh, we are ambassadors sent by God from heaven to earth to represent Him. Now, what I want to do today is I want to wrestle with a very important um a very important question, and if you're a follower of Christ. And I know not everybody that's watching is. And if you're not, that's okay. We're just glad that you're watching. But if you're a follower of Christ, the question I want to tackle is, how do we live for God in a culture that's becoming more and more hostile towards God? And, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Today's message is Jesus for president. Jesus for president, and I want to tackle this idea of living our lives under the lordship of our Savior Jesus Christ. Is Jesus the president of your life? Is he the CEO of your life, or does the culture of the world put Jesus in the back seat of your life? Romans chapter twelve, verse number two. The uh, Bible says, and you might know this first, it said, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And he's talking about this word world, he's talking about the world system. He's talking about the brokenness of this world, the, the culture, the sinful nature that this world has. He said, don't, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so I want you to think about it, and I want you to ask yourself this question this, uh, during this message today. Are you more under the influence of culture or are you more under the influence of Jesus? For example, if you were to look at your handout notes, if you don't have a handout note, that's okay, but I want you to imagine a scale. Uh, you see this on your handout notes: uh, A scale between one and ten. And one being um, uh, on the side of under culture, and number ten uh, being on the side of under Jesus, under God. And, um, and if you're like, man, I'm totally completely under culture, I'm on that scale uh, of a one, maybe a two. Um, Or if you're like, man, I'm under the influence of Jesus in my life. Culture doesn't influence the decision that I make. And then maybe you're over here uh, as an eight or maybe a nine or a ten. Or or perhaps maybe you're watching and say, man, I'm kind of straddling the fence. I'm in the middle. I'm kind of like maybe a four, maybe I'm a five and a six. You know, one day I might be all about Jesus. And the next day, I forget about who Jesus is in my life. And, and so are you more under the influence of culture or are you under more the influence of God? Now, before you, before you decide your number, before you, before you um, decide on what your number is, I want, I want to unpack this for a minute. And, and I'm going to give you some ideas. I'm going to give you some categories for you to think about, and, and perhaps this might motivate you toward a more accurate number. Um, let's start with the idea of entertainment. Entertainment. Would you say that what you read, what you watch, what you listen to—you know, the movies, the television show—would you say that you are always influenced by God before you make the decision, or? Do you always do it the opposite direction? Are you more like, man? I don't really give it a whole lot of thought, Scott. I don't, I don't think about it. I just kind of watch. I just kind of watch whatever's popular, whatever's on. I read what everybody else is reading. I listen to what everybody's listening to, and 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 I I just kind of consume whatever comes along. I don't investigate before I watch and think about, you know, if this is a wholesome for me, a wholesome for my family. And so, again, two spectrum: Under culture, under the influence of our culture, under the influence of Jesus. Another category, you know, let's talk about money. When you you receive a paycheck from work, do you look at your paycheck and say, man, this was given to me by God, and I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to manage this money for the glory of God. I'm going to make a difference for God in, in this world. I'm gonna be prayerful, thoughtful, I'm gonna be intentional, I'm gonna live within my means, I'm gonna uh, find ways to be generous, and, and that's how I'm gonna live. And maybe that's where you're at. You're, you live under the influence of Jesus when it comes to your finances. Or when you say, you know, I, you're on the other end. He said, man, I just want more so I can have more. You know, you see the commercial, you see the uh, new drone, you're like, oh man, I, I, I need that new drone. Never mind that you have a real good drone, you know, you already bought one a couple months ago, but you see something else, and say, no, I must have it, you know, and, and I must get it, and, and, and maybe that's where you're at, or, you know, maybe you're like, man, I must have that. Purse because it matches my shoes, what matches that one outfit that I have in the closet, what matches my hair, I must have that purse. And, 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 and the question is, you know, do we have to have it or do we need it? You know, and so are we under the influence of, when it comes to money, under the influence of this world? Are we kind of caught up in the marketing and in the, in the, in the, in the, in the seductive lure of things that we really don't need? Or do we live our life? under the influence of God, where we try to stay out of debt and try to live within our means and find ways to manage it for the glory of God. Uh, what about your woes? Think about the words that you spoke this past week. It's just last week. All the words that you spoke, where you say that your woes were God-honoring, uh, you didn't gossip, uh, you didn't cuss, you weren't talking bad about people, you weren't belittling others. You weren't critical. Your words were God-honoring in, word, in every way, you know, whether it was spoken or maybe on social media, <laughs> you know, was it honoring God. You no, know, are you under the influence of, of Jesus when it comes to your spoken words or your digital words, all right? Or were you saying, man, God, come on, you know, who doesn't drop a word every now and then? I mean, who doesn't? I mean, that person cut me off in traffic and and he deserves it, he deserves it. I mean, everybody kind of trash talk around others and and belittle other people and gossip. I mean, that's just the way it is. And so what you say, maybe, in in, in your words that you spoke, um, that you're under the influence of, of Jesus or you're under the influence of culture. Uh, Think about your time. Think about the area of your time, the way you spend your time. What do you say? You know, I recognize that my life is a myth. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And I want to maximize my time for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. So I'm going to seek God first in everything. I'm going to spend more time with God than I do on Instagram. I'm going to spend more time with God than I do working out. My spiritual, development, my spiritual development is more important than my physical development, my relational development. You know, I, I'm more about the things of God. I want him to direct my time. Or would you say, you know, Scott, that sounds great. And I, and I would love that. But who had time for that? I mean, I've got kids. I've got a job. You know, I've got, I've got all this stuff going on in my life. I'm so busy. You know, I get to church when I can. I'll show up here and there, and I'll read my Bible. I, mean, I read it a couple of weeks ago. and It was a real good chapter, and, uh, but that's all I've got time for. So, uh, again, are you under the influence of Jesus, or are you under the influence of the world system, or culture, when it comes to time? Uh, what will you be? A one, a two, or a three under culture? Eight, nine, or a ten under God? Now, again... Again, before you answer the question, before you answer that big question I asked in the beginning, uh, chances are, and I should probably be very clear on this, there's a good chance that you don't even know. You don't even know the answer. We always like to look at ourselves better than what it actually seems sometimes. You have no, sometimes we don't have accurate judgment. For example, um, I'm sure you've been around someone that may have been over intoxicated with alcohol. Now, I hope that's never you, right? Because the Bible speaks very directly about, you know, being drunk with alcohol. uh, But perhaps you've been around someone that has been under the influence of alcohol. And, And let me ask you this. What happens when somebody is intoxicated or under the influence of alcohol? What does it do? Well, that person, it changes the way they think, um, they lower their gauge. they are more vulnerable to do, making wrong uh, decisions or unwise decisions. Uh, when you're under the influence of alcohol, oftentimes you don't recognize that they're under the influence of alcohol. They think they're fine. They think they're okay. And when you're intoxicated, you just don't know that you're intoxicated. Here's another example. Um, uh, you probably heard me say this. Uh, if not, you probably heard some, another pastor share this type of illustration. But, you know, I, I live in Pensacola, and we go to, the, to, uh, go to the beach. And we go to the beach from time to time. And uh, while well, we were living in Pensacola, Florida. And, and, and I love to play in the water. If I'm going to be on the beach, I don't like to lay out. I don't like to be on the sand. I'd rather play in the water, play with the, the waves. And... Um, We'll be out there, just swimming, playing with the wave, you know, uh, riding, you know, riding on those rubber rafts and different things like that, and just having a great time. We'll be out there for 30, 40, 50 minutes, just having a great time. Finally, we get out of the water. And when we get out of the water, uh, we recognize that the surrounding is a lot different. The landscape is different than the way we were when we before we came into the water. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't recognize that high rise. That high rise wasn't there. And you're looking around, you look up the beach, and you see, you know, a half a mile up the beach or a quarter mile up the beach, you see your little umbrella way up there, and you had no idea that the whole time you were in the ocean playing in the wave and playing in the water, that the, the current slowly pushed you down the beach. It was a drift. You didn't even know it. You didn't even know that you drifted. You had no idea. And if we become so intoxicated by culture, we don't realize how far we've drifted from God. We have no idea. I want you to think about this. What if we, me, Scott Blanchard, what if I had been so intoxicated I have no idea. I've been so intoxicated by culture that I have no idea how far I have drifted from God. Now, earlier this year, I think back in May, I I talked about an Old Testament character named Daniel. And I just want to touch on him real quick. Um, he He was a guy uh, a great guy that had every cultural temptation back against him, and yet he stayed true to God. And, and in case you don't know the story, maybe you weren't around when I talked about it earlier this year, uh, Daniel, he worshipped the one true God. He worshipped Yahweh. And an evil king, King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he's the king of Babylon, he came into Jerusalem, destroyed the city, Uh, Ripped the city to pieces, destroyed everything, uh, took all the religious symbols away uh, out of the temple, and and, and King Nebuchadnezzar, he also captures the best young young men that that city had to offer, men that had potential for greatness, potential to be great leaders in his future kingdom. And and, and so he said, man, I'm going to bring you back to Babylon. I'm going to take you as prisoner. I'm going to train you to think like us, to behave like us, to act like us, so that later on you can be like how we think and how we behave and how we act here in Babylon. And so you can read the strategy in Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 3. The king, King Nebuchadnezzar, ordered Ashpenaz. He's the chief of his court officials. To bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men, without any physical defect. Handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning. Well-informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. He, he was to teach them. Again, who's them? This is Daniel. This is his buddies. You know, the sharpest of the sharp, the brightest of the bright. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Now, why does this matter? It matters because the food was dedicated to the pagan gods of Babylon. And, and, and for this, this is where Daniel, he, he, uh, he, he, he draws a line in the sand. This was totally unacceptable to him. And so the Bible said that they were trained, they were to be trained for three years. And then after that, they were to enter the king's service. So the Babylonians, and this is what happened. The Babylonians, they changed their language, they changed their education, changed their diet, they eventually changed their names. And at first, all these young boys, they had names related to Yahweh, the God, you know, that they worshiped. And the Babylonians, they renamed their names that related to pagan gods. What was their strategy? Their strategy was this. The Babylonian strategy was to change what they think, change what they believe, which will ultimately change how they behave. And our world system, our culture, wants to do the same thing. They want to do the same thing. They want to change, if you're taking notes, they want to change how you think, they want to change what you believe. But ultimately, if they can get those two things to happen, will change how you behave. That, that's the culture of this world, that's what they're trying to do. Everything that we're in, they want to change how you think. They want to change what you believe, and ultimately change the way you live. And I'm here to tell you that there is an all-out attack from a spiritual enemy and from our world. A spiritual enemy who hates God and who hates you. And he wants to do everything he can. His mission is to steal, kill, and destroy your, your life. He wants you to change how you think. He wants to change how you believe, which will change how you behave. He wants to leverage our spiritual enemy. He wants to leverage culture to do exactly that. And and that's why you cannot be a halfway follower of Jesus Christ. That's why you can't be passive about following Jesus. You can't just straddle the fence on there. You you have to make a choice to go after him all the way because the the world has a strategy, a system. Satan has a strategy to go after you, to go after me, to go after the church. There's a strategy. And listen, if Satan has a strategy, if our culture has a strategy to go after us, then we better, by the, by the power of God in our lives, have a strategy too. And we're going to see that in just a minute. We're going to see what Daniel did in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. We see the strategy that Daniel had. And, 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 and the whole message hinges on this verse. Notice what Daniel did. Daniel 1.8. But Daniel resolved. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. So the king, what did the king say? The king said, hey, you're going to eat food devoted to pagan gods. And Daniel said, no, 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 not, not on this one. I, no, I can go with all this other stuff you want to do, but on this issue, I'm not going to budge. I'm not going to move. And here's what I hope you'll find interesting here. I think it's really incredible. Whenever they change the names, whenever they change Daniel's names, uh, Daniel didn't fight back. He didn't fight back. It's almost like he was saying, look, you're calling me something now, and it's just an outward label. You know, I know who I am. You can change my name, but that doesn't change who I am. So I'm not going to fight back when you mess with my name. I don't really care. But you mess with the name of God. That's the line in the sand. And I'm not going to cross that line. You mess with my name. I know who I am in Jesus. But you're not going to mess with God's name. He resolved in his mind that he would not defile the name of God in any way. And I say this to every every single one of us here today. Here's the strategy. To faithfully live for God, you and I need to make some predetermined resolutions. Predetermined. If you're taking notes, that's it. Predetermined resolutions. Now, if you wait until you're in the heat of the battle to make some resolution, to make some decision, you're going to fail over and over and over again. You're not going to make it. Before you go into the battle, there's a strategy. Before you go into the game, there's a plan. And and there's a predetermined resolution on how you're going to fight the battle. A predetermined resolution on how you're going to play the game. And Daniel resolved in his heart, and as followers of Christ, we need to make some decisions ahead of time. I resolve in my heart that I will glorify God in in the blank. And just notice on your handout. If you're not taking notes on the handout, here's what I hope you would do. Just get a piece of paper and and, and put three things, one, two, three, and a blank. And and this is something I want you to do. This is your homework. Your homework is today or this week, what are three areas, what decisions I need to make to continue to grow and be fully under God? What are some predetermined resolutions in my life? Instead of being intoxicated by culture and the world, what do I need to do? What are three areas of my life I need to make? And uh, I'm going to give you some ideas. This is just some sample ideas. Uh, and, and, and I pray that the Holy Spirit might lead you to um, whatever that might be, uh, one of these areas. But let me give you some thoughts. Um, resolved, maybe one of, them, one of your thoughts is to, to resolve to read God's word every day. Make a predetermined resolution, predetermined, resolved. No matter what, no matter how I feel, I'm going to read God's Word. No matter how busy I get, I'm not going to get too busy to read God's Word. I'm going to make it happen. It's intentional. I'm going to make it happen. And at the line of sin. You're not going to cross that line. I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to do everything I can, predetermined resolution. Uh, Maybe another idea. You know, I'm resolved to be faithful to church. I'm going to do as best as I can when the church happens. We'll be there until, you know, or or we're going to watch it. You know, if you're not ready to be here on location, I get that. But, you know, we're going to be committed to the things of God and to the the people of God in church. I'm resolved. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, our family, We make the decision on our Sunday morning, on on Saturday night. We're we're prepared. We don't go crazy on Saturday night. We try to limit our activities. Uh, We we get our church clothes ready. We get everything ironed. We get the shoes polished. You know, we get everything ready to go. We we go to bed knowing that we're going to get up. We're not going to make that decision Sunday morning. We don't make the decision on Sunday morning and say, oh, man, I feel a little tired today. I feel a little I feel a little wiped out. You know, I think I'm just going to sleep in. Now, we already made the decision. And by the way, this was before I was a pastor. I was a church man before I was a pastor. You know, we've made decisions. I made decisions personally resolved. I'm going to be at church when the church doors open on Sundays. And so resolve, maybe that's one of your areas that you need to, hey, that's the area I need to resolve to make. Resolve, another idea, resolved to stay pure to stay pure. I was um, talking to one of our young men and uh, college kids, college guys, and and, um, he came talk to me and we had lunch and and he's engaged to a great girl. And he says, Scott, you know, I'm engaged and I want to do this right. I want to be right. He said, I'm a virgin and I want to be, and I told him, I said, man, you should be proud of yourself. You know, save yourself from marriage. You know, by the way, if you if you match up, understand God can forgive. Understand that there's grace. But I challenge this young man: how to make some predetermined resolution, purpose in your heart, resolve in your heart, not to not to put yourself in a situation where you where you can blow it. You know, put yourself in a don't don't go to the house alone. You know, with with, with your fiance. You know, have private dates in public places. You know, do whatever it takes. Be wise to be above approach because your spiritual enemy would love to do anything that you would love to steal, kill, and destroy um, what you're trying to accomplish. And so, you know, stay pure, stay pure. And and aim for it. By the way, if you mess up, if you fail in this area, get back up, get back up and and make a resolve. You know what, from here on forth, from this day forth, I'm gonna live right, I'm gonna stay pure. I'm gonna save myself, you know, for, for marriage. And if you're a single person, I hope that you take that to heart. Take that to heart. Get some accountability. Predetermined resolutions. Say, you know what? I'm pre-determined, predetermined to get some people in my life to challenge me, to, to keep me, uh, uh, hold me accountable, you know, in this area. Uh, if you're married, you know, stay pure. Stay pure. Watch what you watch. Be careful what you see, you know. Be careful what you're looking. Be careful what you're listening to. Keep your marriage on fire for God. Keep your marriage... Stay pure. Resolve to stay pure. Resolve to be a percentage giver. Maybe that's a, uh, uh, one of your areas. I'm going to be a percentage giver. You know, every, every month, my wife and I, we give at least a tithe, you know, and, and we, we stay faithful to that. And no matter what, we never give God the leftovers. We always give God our first and best. And we believe that he'll take care of the rest. And so, uh, whatever that might be, be consistent. Be a percentage giver. And in the way that you give. I resolve uh, to say words of grace, words of grace. Are, are your words going to be pleasing to God? You know, is it going to build people up? Is it going to um, be words of faith? You know, is it going to honor God? Resolved, resolved. Um, resolved not to be overly inundated with TV, to be overwhelmed with television. Uh, you know, there's a phenomenon called binge-watching. You can watch an entire season of your favorite television show in um, one night, <laughs> one weekend. And and, and I'm going to challenge you. Listen, you know, I love, I love watching TV. There are things that we watch. But I'm, I'm going to challenge you not to be so overwhelmed with the messages because the culture of this world is trying to slowly teach and doctrinate, even in our favorite television shows, you know, things of this world. And so be careful not to be so overwhelmed with television that you get intoxicated in this world. Find balance. Find balance, whatever that might look like for you. Find balance in your social media life. Find balance. You know, but don't be so overly uh, overcome with television, with movies and and with the entertainment of this world, that we lose focus on the things that are important. I always said this, um, that the good things are oftentimes the enemies of the best. And not that, I'm not saying the things that we're doing might not be a sinful thing, but they can be the enemy of the best. And it might be taking you away from your relationship with your family, relationship with God. And so resolve, Mr. resolution. Then a the resolve in his heart. Now, unless you want to be sucked into the seductive lure of culture, you're going to have to make some predetermined resolution. Now, if you think I'm saying, you know, you're saying that culture is bad, we better run, run, run. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. As followers of Christ, if you're taking notes, we don't run from culture. We influence it. Influence culture. That's that word again. We talked about that for the last week. God called it to be salt and light be salty and shiny, salt and light. We're not to be afraid of the world. We have the light dwelling inside of us. So separate ourselves, separate ourselves, you know, that's, that's called holy living. Holiness means to set apart, to set apart from our world, to be different for God. We are different from this world. We live in it, but we're not of it. So we're called to influence this world. We're called to be ambassadors, right? We're to be ambassadors, we're representative of the most high God, we're sent by God from heaven to earth to represent him in everything that we do. That's why we have to decide ahead of time to predetermine in these areas to live for God. So why does this matter? This week, again, this week is election week. Uh, some people will be happy, some people will be sad, some people are going to be pretty depressed. Some of you, no matter what, you're going to be freaking out. You're like, hey, the world is coming to an end. That's where some of you are at right now. Is the world is coming to an end. What, what we have to remember, I talked about this last week. No matter which candidates hold the office, our God, our God still holds the world. He's still in charge. No matter which candidate holds the office, God's will can be done, and it will be done. Our God has worked through religious, uh, I'm sorry, God has worked through righteous leaders, and our God has worked through unrighteous leaders. God has worked through some of the wisest kings and rulers of, this, of, the, of the history of this world, and, and our God has worked through the unwisest of kings and rulers in the history of this world. So we don't freak out, no matter who's in office. No matter who's in office, God Still in charge. We make an unresolved decision no matter who's in charge of of our country, no matter who becomes the president of this nation. We make an unresolved decision to live out Joshua 24. Joshua 24 verse 15. This is what Joshua said. Look at his resolution. He said, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself. You have a choice to make. Choose for yourself today whom you'll serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live in, he said, you have a choice to live under the influence of culture. But then Joshua said, here's my, here's my choice. He said, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what's going on in this world, Jesus is our president. And for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. No matter who's in office, we make a predetermined resolution. Not to be dictated by the world, not to be intoxicated by the world, but to live for Jesus. First Peter 5 6 we're going to land the plane here. Peter said this, humble yourselves, humble yourselves. Yourselves. First of all, it's time for you and I to be humbled. God, are there any area in my life that displeases unto you? Show me, God. Show me if there's any area in my life that I've been deceived. Show me my intoxication to the culture of this world. Help me, God. I've drifted. Show me where I've drifted. Show me. Peter said. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. When you humble yourself under God's hand, he doesn't suppress you. He doesn't dominate you. The Bible said that he lifts you up. When you are last, he makes you first. When you're humble, He says, you're great. You see, the world, the culture of this world, have you noticed this? The culture of this world says everything opposite of the teaching of Jesus. It's the total opposite. You see this in every area. Uh, The culture says, hey, look at social media, promote yourself, elevate yourself, indulge yourself. And Jesus says, deny yourself. The culture says, hey, if you want to be great, brag on yourself. And Jesus says, man, if you want to be great, Serve others. Culture says, hey, you got to consume, consume, consume. And like Jesus said, the opposite. He said, give, give, give. Culture says, hey, if someone wrongs you, you hate them. You get back. You get revenge. Like Jesus says, man, if someone wrongs you, you love them. You bless them. You pray for them. Culture says, hey, pursue things. Uh, Jesus says, pursue God. Culture says, hey, live, live for now. Uh, Jesus said, live for eternity. Culture said, pursue happiness. And Jesus says, no, pursue holiness. Pursue the things that last for, for eternity. Culture says, hey, if you want to find yourself, don't get wasted go get drunk, go find more, get possessed more, get, 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 be greedy. And Jesus said, man, if you want to find yourself, you've got to lose yourself. Give yourself away. Find yourself in him. Have we become so intoxicated by the seductive, attractive message of culture that we have no idea how far we've drifted from God? Have we become that intoxicated? And if you feel it today, if you're, man, you're stepping on my toes. There's some areas I need to work on. That's a good thing. That's a great place to start. Because the ones that worry me are the ones that say, yeah, 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 Scott, whatever. I watch whatever. You know, I say whatever I want to say, you know. And you don't care. You don't want to humble yourself where God can lift you up. When you don't care, I pray that you do. Next week, or this week, we're going to elect a new president. Either the current one that we have or a new person that will fill the office. And we're voters. Some of you already voted. Some of you haven't voted. But we're we're voters. That's what we should do. We should be informed. We should know why we're voting for who we're voting for. We should pray for who what we're doing, and the decision that we need to make. But no matter what happens, no matter who's elected, Jesus, he's still our king. He's still the president. He wants to be the president of your life. He doesn't want to be the back seat. I pray that you are living in the culture, the culture of Jesus. Live under him, under the influence of Jesus. Don't live under the culture of this world but live for him in all that we say and all that we do. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, I pray that you will help us this week to identify the areas that, we, that we're living under, the culture of the world. God, I pray that we will do what we can to be humble ourselves so that you can lift us up, so that we can live for you so that you can be the president of our lives so that we can live for you in every way that we can and so God I pray that we would make some predetermined resolutions and make some resolved to live for you God we ask you help us going forward we pray for decisions that need to be made this week, we pray for our country this week we pray that no matter what happens on Tuesday, that our country on Wednesday will become unified and will come together and we can move forward. Uh, we We may like the results. We may not like the results on Wednesday. But God, I pray that we give it to you no matter what happens. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, real quick before we sign off here, um, don't forget to go online uh, to give your offering. Uh, you can do that through our website. We have the links available and uh, you can check that out and, uh, and, and give. Thank you for your generosity. Some of you are already giving online um, or you've already mailed your check. You can always mail it here to the church office. Um, and then, like I said, um, this week the building can be shut down. Um, we're going to get some uh, uh, extra cleaning done to the building. Um, we're going to be uh, uh, no activities, no, no youth tonight. It's going to be, uh, 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 let me back up. There, there will be youth tonight via Zoom. Uh, uh, Pastor Jonah will have that information by Zoom call tonight. Um, any of our small group that meeting during the week, it's Zoom. And all the small group that meets in the homes will need to contact your life group later and, and how they want to proceed uh, this week. Um, but here at the building, all, all activities are, are moved away. L P kids. Listen, I know all of our kids were really looking forward to coming today, but today with the with the uh, children's church in you know in the Sunday school, um, they had a uh, store. We do that once a quarter and we kinda missed last quarter, so they've kinda got like six months building up, six months of uh, Bible box that they've been saving. Uh, today was supposed to be uh, the kids' door day and the cash in. And so I'm gonna just say this. Next Sunday, you know, or the next time we meet, you know, whether it's next Sunday or the week after next, or the next time we meet, um, that kid's door will be ready to go. So tell your kids, parents, you know, hey, you know, miss it today. That's okay. We're going to have it when they get back, and they won't miss a thing. And then our Thanksgiving food drive. Just real quick, um, you know, some of you are bringing food. Already uh, to the to the church building this past week. That's great. You, you know you can bring food. All that information is available um, on our website and different things like that. Our Facebook post, and uh, you can see how you can um, uh, be a part of Thanksgiving food drive. You can also give online, and we have someone that match. So if you give 30 bucks, it's gonna get matched to 60 bucks. And uh, so uh, we are praying for a great, great uh, amount of food that we can bless. Uh, people in need in the Mount Clemens, Macomb area. And so, and again, we'll keep you posted about next Sunday, what's happening this week. And uh, again, pray for the staff, pray for us uh, as we move forward and uh, that we'll um, uh, take the proper steps that we need to do and um, and, and just pray for us. And uh, I thank you for joining in with us this morning. I hope you have a great week and I will be praying for you as well. God bless you. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to me And uh, we'll, we'll communicate from there, okay? Hope you have a great week. God bless.